Hello everyone and welcome back to Tversky Tuesdays. I am your host, Hanania Abraham. We are recording episode number 21 and we are on page 59 and happiness and the human spirit, the spirituality of becoming the best you can be from Rabbi Dr. Abraham J. Tversky. We were last talking about the concept of being able to learn from the situation, even if it's one that we're not normally in, that we're not normally used to learning or being a part of. But that situation that we're in, there's something to learn from. And how there is a concept of just being content and therefore being happy that comes about. Now we're going to continue with the concept of what we call, what Dr. Torsi calls, a new yardstick. So, continuing over here on the top of page 59. If you have ever been in acute pain, you know what I mean when I say the whole world shrinks. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to something where everything is completely concentrated specifically on one thing that hurts. Um, I remember from having sciatica pain at once, uh, being in an accident and having crushed herniated discs. it's it's completely it can take over an entire uh, concentration for such a long period of time that the only thing in the world is that pain. If you have a very bad toothache or the excruciating painting of a stubbing a toe, you are aware of only one thing: that tooth or that toe, and you want relief. Only when the pain is gone can you back can you get back to normal life. But typically. Short-term acute pain does not have much impact or self-fulfillment. I'm even thinking of something like having a teeny little pebble in your shoe. How that can sometimes, you can be in the best of moods, feeling great, full of energy, but that little pebble can do so much to distract you from being present and being happy. It is different, however, says Dr. Torsky, when the pain is chronic or when people are disabled such as by a stroke, multiple sclerosis, or any other condition that severely restricts people's abilities to function. At such times, there may be a sharp decrease in self-esteem, the inability to function normally, especially if there does not seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel, can cause people to feel that self-fulfillment and happiness have become impossibilities. I remember there uh, is someone where uh, I have some family on the west coast of America, and there's someone that uh, an uncle of mine visits frequently that um, has unfortunately been living with ALS, um, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And I say living with and not suffering from. It's something that can take over all of the muscles in your entire body. And right now, this person only has uh, control over his eye movement. But yet, the way my uncle puts puts it to me is that he's one of the most happiest people he's ever met. Um, he has written Sfarim, he's written books in Hebrew on the, com- on the concept of happiness. <laughs> out of all concepts out there. But that's because he's realized that this is his life, and this is what he needs to do. And he's able to live a life with what he has, not suffering through what he has. I once made a pastoral call to a young woman who suffered from a deliberating, a 
debilitating form of, of MS. In a very short period of time, she had lost all of her motor function as well as her vision. She was bedfast and could not attend to her personal needs. She could not see her two young children who had actually become afraid of approaching her. She asked me, Rabbi, why am I alive? What purpose is there to my ex- existence? I shared the Talmudic story with Rebel Yezer, with the young woman, which we talked about last, uh, last, last, uh, last podcast. While it certainly did not leave, relieve her agony over her tragic condition, she realized that there was something she could do, even in her totally disabled state. People disabled by illness are not the only ones who may feel unproductive and therefore of lesser value. Similar feelings may occur when people lose their jobs, or their marriage breaks up, or their financial circumstances change. They not only lose their quote-unquote position, but their self-esteem as well. I see this personally as a therapist in my office countless times where because of a situation, let's say most most recently the pandemic. For example, one young woman who um, is living with her mother and her grandparents feels completely left out from her social life because of the older people that she lives with in her home. She is unable to have any sort of connection or social life to her peers or to her father and, and step-siblings because she has her grandparents to care about. And it has really set her back and made her feel that she is not able to control any part of her life. But when you look at the situation and say, there is something I can do, and what I do have in front of me, there are things that I could do. Similarly to this person that I was telling you about that has ALS, taking that situation and saying, I'm going to do the best I can with it, there's a certain contentness and a certain relief that you feel just by being in that situation. It makes it so much easier to deal with. And that can help bolster up the self-esteem even just a little bit. The value of a person cannot be measured by the commercial yardstick of profit and loss. Happiness has no correlation with the industrial concept of productivity. Let's read that line again. I think that's a very, very important line over here. That's the bottom, on the bottom of page 59. Happiness has no correlation with the industrial concept of productivity, meaning happiness and productivity of life are not correlated. They are their own separate entities, and the way we go about feeling about ourselves has nothing to do with what we're able to produce in life. The measure of our happiness lies in our own self-fulfillment, in being the best we can be, even and maybe even especially, says Dr. Torsky, in tough circumstances. There's a part of me that wants to think of this as like a a little baby that is happy, even if they're wearing a dirty diaper and they have dirty clothes on. They're in that moment and there's nothing you can do unless you scare them or obviously take away their toy or distract them that would change what they're doing in that moment. What is that that's being happy and content? Being able to analyze our present circumstances and develop a quote-unquote new yardstick. I'm not sure why I'm doing your quotations when I'm actually just recording this, but yeah, I'm actually, you know, have a vision of me doing ear quotations right now. 
Developing new yardstick for the measurement of our value is the key to our pursuit of happiness. One more time, I'm going to read that again. Being able to analyze our present circumstances and develop a new yardstick for the measurement of our value is the key to our pursuit of happiness. Taking the situation and doing the best we can in that situation and saying, hey, I could be the best based on where I am right now. That is what can make the best version of myself. In the last half century, we have been beneficiaries of a boom of medical science that has doubled the average life expectancy. However, many of the wear and tear diseases of later life, especially mental impairment, have not been conquered. This means that we will have an ever-increasing population of people who live past their productive years. Unless we, uh, we understand that we all have value and self-fulfillment, a large segment of the population will suffer from spiritual deficiency syndrome of chronic discontent. This is, I think, something that um, why nursing homes um, are always looking for entertainment and ways to go ahead and bring about people to, be, to cheer them up. But there's a certain sense of people that as they get past their quote-unquote prime years, there's a certain loss of fulfillment and therefore a loss of happiness and therefore a overabundance of SDS or spiritual deficiency syndrome based on age. In a workshop for health professionals who, uh, professionals who provide home health care, a nurse complained about frustration with one elderly client who was always critical of whatever anyone did for her. Why do you have to come so late? I've been waiting for you for almost an hour, she would accuse the nurse. Or the blood pressure cuff is too tight. You're hurting me. Or you've, confer- you, you've confused me about taking my medication. No, I don't know what to do. Or the bath water is too hot or too cold. She is critical of everything I do, said the nurse. Forget about saying thank you. This reminded me of an incident when I was an intern, says Dr. Torsky, and was called to administer an IV antibiotic into a patient. This patient happened to be a member of my father's congregation. She had known me from my infancy and had frequently visited our home. Our home. She was a bilateral leg amputee and was hospitalized because of pneumonia. As I was about to give her the injection, I said, this is only going to hurt a teeny pitch, Grandma. It won't hurt much. Foolish child, she said. Let it hurt. Do you think anyone wants to leave the world, to leave a world that is pleasant? a very powerful statement. This helped me understand why some elderly people may be constantly sourpusses. I think about it like this. If the last two days of my vacation are bright and sunny, going back to the office may be an ordeal. If the last two days are cold and rainy, it is much easier to return home. (laughs) 100% so true. Depending on how you're going to end your vacation, it can sort of be a downer going back to the office. Elderly people know, consciously or subconsciously, that their time is running out. It is much easier to accept life coming to an end if living is unpleasant. That, in turn, is why they may make life appear to be miserable. So I said to the nurse who was complaining earlier, I'm sure that your patient really does appreciate what you do for her, but she has to complain about everything. By making the world appear, appear inhospitable, it is easier for her to accept the inevitable. By the way, I added... What is the very last thing this woman says to you when you're about to leave? She asks, when are you coming back? 
See, she does appreciate you. She just can't admit it. Self-fulfillment for an elf, for the elderly, may look very different from self-fulfillment for younger people. Yet the concept of being the best we can be in whatever condition or circumstances we are in applies universally. It is not enough for just the ill or the elderly to accept us. Acceptance is a spiritual concept and is a key component of self-fulfillment and happiness. Again, acceptance is a spiritual concept and is a key component of self-fulfillment and happiness. Understanding the situation that we're in and being able to accept is one of the key components to how we can feel self-fulfilled and therefore being ha- being happy as well. Similarly, I think what I could relate to over here is I, I know my wife's grandmother, um, who, God bless her, is, is in her 90s and has uh, suffered through some of Hitler's camps, but has three amazing children and many wonderful grandchildren and great-grandchildren, complains daily about things that are happening in her life, about the maids in her house, that her, which she calls a maid, which is her herself, her, her, her care worker. But every time we go visit, she's so happy we come. And every time we leave, why are you leaving this beautiful weather? Why do you come back? And there's always a sense of when are you coming back, which I think shows that appreciation. And honestly, until I read this over here and and, and hearing this from Dr. Torsky saying how when old people are asking about the future and asking about you come back, there shows that, appreci- that, that appreciation, which makes the whole trip, which sometimes could be tens of hours to get to go visit you know, the, the grandmother. There's a, there's a certain self-fulfillment that you feel and you get to be appreciated because of that. So in conclusion over here for today's episode, we are talking about the concept of every situation could be appreciated no matter where or what you're holding in life. And it really makes a difference in how you look at it. And the acceptance of what you're going through in that specific moment, that is what is the key to a life of self-fulfillment and therefore happiness. Thank you so much for joining in on this podcast. I really appreciate all the people that have reached out and sent feedback. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or ideas on what I can do to further this podcast or maybe make it different, longer, better, or shorter, please email me at koshercounseling at gmail.com. That's koshercounseling, one word, at gmail.com.